Hi, everybody. Welcome to another Prog Report podcast interview. This is Roy. Hope you guys are doing okay out there. My guest on this episode is Sean Timms, keyboardist, songwriter, and producer for bands like Southern Empire and Unitopia, both of whom have albums coming out over the next few weeks. We talk about those new albums and all his other projects and his long career, which is really interesting. Before we get started, just a reminder to subscribe to our YouTube channel, wherever you get your podcasts, follow us on progreport.com and all our socials. And now my interview with Sean Timms. Well, Sean, good to uh, good to see you here, man. Good to meet you and everything. Um, you are one of the busiest people, uh, as I've come to find, because I think about every few weeks you have a new album coming out over the next few months or <laughs> in the last few months and earlier this year. And uh, I don't know if people are aware of, of this, but it's just insane. I mean, how have you been managing all of this so far? um oh just one day at a time really i think in, in fact one uh facebook uh comment um i read uh it was either this morning or last night said i, I think there must be more than one sean Tins. <laughs> and it's kind of ha- you know um yeah it's probably not too far from the truth um because i wear a lot of different hats and 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 it's you know sometimes difficult to uh you know keep track of them all um uh, but um yeah look it's been certainly much easier um working from home uh and right so a year last december um we moved moved in i we did a renovation at home and part of that renovation was building a completely standalone recording studio uh with a a, a control room and a and a booth and you know, the booth is big enough to put my grand piano and my Hammond organ, my son's drum kit, How you know, fun. in there. Yeah, and, that must and, have been so much fun to put yeah. together. Very cool. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, like dream, right? So whereas I had, I, it is, and and I had a small space, well, smaller space in, in the city. Um, and I used to ride my bike and, and uh, yeah, that was good. But, you know, working from home's better. Uh, and, and, it just allows me to, you know, do things like, um, like I'll go and pick up the kids at, at, you know, usually ten past three. I'll leave and pick up, pick up the boys from school, and then I'll come back, and then I'll just do another hour or so, then pick up my wife, and then come back and do another hour or so, you know, um, while she's cooking dinner, and and so I can I yeah, can, can do, do these sort of short, yeah, yeah. sharp, yeah, absolutely. yeah, yeah, and if I'm busy. If I need to work of an evening, my my family are very, um, you know, very gracious <clears throat> with that. Um, I don't make a habit of it. It might only be, you know, maybe one or two evenings a week at, at the most. And, and uh, you know, I might sort of, you know, while the kids go off and, and do things on a Saturday afternoon, like their swimming lessons and stuff, I'll come into the studio and spend a couple of hours in here. So yeah. it, it, it's it's much easier to do that. And to have that little bit of extra time there, um, rather than having to make a, a 20 minute trip into the city and a 20 sure. minute trip back every yeah. time I want to do something. So well, on wanna, that front, it's been very handy. I want to go ahead and, and just sort of run down all the albums for people that aren't aware, because um, they may even be buying these or or planning to get them or maybe they don't know they're even coming out. So let's, let's I mean, we have the new uh, yeah. Utopia album, the new album called Seven Chambers, which is out on August 25th, uh, just a few weeks from now as we're talking. Um, and uh, that's up for pre-order now. Uh, new Southern Empire, your third album, Another World, comes out on September 4th. 
um, United uh, Progressive Fraternity or UPF uh, Planetary Overload Part Two. Hope out on came out in July, and uh, and also you were on the D- Demonic album, right? Uh, or Demonic album, mm-hmm. uh, making sure earlier this yep. year, uh, and uh, with Guy Manning. So uh, I mean that's quite a run for for one year. It's incredible. Yep. And then uh, John Greenwood, who's Unitopia's guitarist, um, his album Dark Blue. Uh, so that um, has been released via Bandcamp, and he's currently getting CDs um, uh, replicated at the moment. So that should be out on physical media soon, uh, probably in the next uh, few weeks. So what's that? That's five albums. Yeah, five albums. But let me ask you this. So you <laughs> had five, you'd had five, uh, let's say five coming out uh, throughout this whole year. What were your previous mm-hmm. years like? Was it all working on all of these, building up to this one year, mm-hmm. and and was that the last couple of years for you? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, like um, Southern Empire took five years. Um, uh, Unitopia took three, a bit over three. Uh, John's album took about two years. Uh, the Damanek album took probably around about three years, I reckon, from Go to Woe. Um, and uh, uh, the UPF album, I, I really only have contributed in a very minor capacity, just a couple of keyboard parts and a, and a few little programming-y things. Um, I also contributed a, a solo uh, to Marek Arnold's Art Rock project. Um, and I've produced and, and recorded numerous albums for other clients so um there's there's you know probably another half a dozen at least albums of different you know varieties genres um you know plus working live uh so So, i I mean (laughs) you're a full-time producer basically right i mean producer Mm -hmm. and and session guy and and then you have your own bands i mean this is 24 7 for you so has it been like that for Mm -hmm for a long time yeah pretty much ever since i started uh which was in my very early 20s i i would um i started almost by accident as a session musician um i met a guy called uh, mark rivet who was the um the guru as far as jingle writing uh is concerned in in adelaide at that time and I was about 22 and, and he's he was predominantly a guitarist. Um, and, uh, I asked who he used on keyboards and, and me being young, dumb and, you know, um, incredibly, uh, you know, filled with that hubris that, that young people often have. Um, he told me who it was and I said, Oh, I'm much better than he is. <laughs> so, <laughs> So he says, I'd never say anything like that now. Um, right. Well, not unless I was joking, but I was really quite serious back then. Um, and so he kind of thought, well, who is this guy? But uh, then he rang his regular keyboard player for a session and he couldn't make it in. And it was quite an urgent thing. So I thought I'll give this Sean Tim's character a call. And, and he called and and uh, I said, oh, what's it involved? And he said, oh, it's really easy. You'll do it with your ears pinned back. And I said, are you making fun of me? And he said, no, why? And I said, because I just have my ears pinned back. Um, so, because <laughs> they used to stick out, you know. Wow, uh, they were horrible things. 
Um, oh yeah, it was like I, I always say I must have some royal blood because I look like you know Prince Charles on a bad day. <laughs> um, you know, so, <laughs> so um, yeah, and then and then we just had a really good laugh about that, and and the 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 friendship and the partnership was was formed right then and there, and I became his go to keyboard player um for for jingles and things and um uh programmer i learned to program things like fairlight and all the new drum machines that were coming out at that time um all the new synths that that were being developed you know things like the m1 and the dx7 and all of that kind of stuff he'd sort of buy this stuff and then i'd learn to program it and i'd create string arrangements and you know all sorts of stuff and i was with him for about eight years and that's how i got my start in the recording industry um and uh then gradually moved on to composing music for um television and radio and film and then uh moved into producing as well wow so what got you started in, in music in the first place? Was it really young, like you were four or five years old or something like that? No, 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 no. I was 10 and I had to really pester my parents. Um, my mum had, my mum played a little bit um, and uh, my grandparents were living with us and my grandfather played a little bit by ear and uh, she did this um Postal at Christmas time, she did this this postal round where she'd go to the post office, load up all the parcels, and then deliver them. You know, so uh, and and she made enough money during that uh, short period of time to buy an old upright piano. And as I said, I was ten, and I just started um, picking out songs, you know, old Shadows songs and Beatles songs by ear. And I pestered my mum. I said I'd like to learn piano, and and um, yeah. So she eventually sent me to to lessons, and I started just before my eleventh birthday. Um, and in the first week, I got through the first book, and pretty much never looked back. Uh, and then, then sort of just, just yeah. And then my dad, when I was uh, fourteen, so I've been playing about you know maybe just four years at that stage bought home a copy of Rick Wakeman's Journey to the Centre of the Earth album. And I looked at it and listened to it, and I go, that's what I want to do. And from then on, it was, I want to be the world's greatest keyboard player, you know. Um, and um, I'm not there yet, but <laughs> I'm working towards it. Maybe, maybe one of the world's busiest. So, um, so during, but, during uh, the next uh, 10, 20 years, you're doing jingles and session work and and all this kind of stuff and assuming that stuff was doing very well for you uh and then mm -hmm. what made you then decide well let me do a let me join a prog rock band or start a prog rock band and and do the yep. probably the most unpopular style of music at the time <laughs> <laughs> oh look i was always into um you know, prog music right from the start. Uh, my dad had a, a very broad musical taste and and he liked a lot of that sort of stuff. So I started with Rick Wakeman uh, and then I heard that he was in a band called Yes. So I went straight down to the record shop and bought Relayer, uh, which of course he's not on, but that right. then sent me on a path to, you know, um, other Yes albums and, you know, so 
And so relayer and journey to the center of the earth were, were a revelation. And then a, uh, a friend of mine, his older brother gave me some cassette tapes of, uh, you know, seconds out by Genesis and, and we could go to the, you know, and super tramp, even in the quietest moments. And we could go down to the local library. And so I'd hire, um, or borrow, um, you know, um, Procol Harum's Grand Hotel and Steve Hackett's um, uh, uh, Please Don't Touch and, you know, things things like that. So, um, but I was also into, you know, classic sort of uh, uh, um, West Coast kind of US music. So I, I loved, um, you know, Steely Dan and um, Al Jarreau and, and later got into James Taylor and, and things like that. So my listening has always been incredibly broad um but um you know uh, i guess prog was my number one love as far as you know just sitting down and I, I enjoyed the intricacy of it and the fact that that it was very keyboard oriented and very vi virtuosic and so i would sit um, because there were no music books back in those days no transcriptions of of anything you can get anything these days you know um and, but there was nothing. So I would sit down at the age of maybe 15 or 16 and transcribe all these Rick Wakeman and Patrick Moraz solos. And, wow. you know, I wore out about six tape decks because I'd sort of play it a little bit, write, you know, work it out, write it down, rewind, check it, play it, write it, you know, and, and yeah, to sort of go like that with that old upright piano that I'd had since I was 10. Um, and then when I was 16, my parents bought me a, a grand piano um and um i i i bought my first synthesizer which was a kawaii 100 fp uh which i'd love to get a hold of one at a reasonable price yeah. so if anyone knows one for sale <laughs> let me know um and then an old kind of yamaha electone organ which you wouldn't even need to buy today people would be giving them away and i sawed it in half and and um made it portable um, almost electrocuted myself a couple of times because I had to plug in wires from the top to the bottom, you know, power supply. And so it was very dodgy. Um, and that got me in a in an Italian cabaret band where we do a lot of weddings. And that was at 16. And um, But it wasn't until I was, um, oh, I would have been late 20s, 29, 30, that uh, I met Mark Truak and uh through a mutual friend uh because he said look i think you've got a twin brother out there because our musical tastes were so similar we both loved genesis yes pink floyd um alan parsons super tramp all of that right. and um so we arranged a, a a meetup and my wife and i the my wife at the time and myself uh met uh, uh mark and his wife and we went out for dinner and and hit it off. And um, Mark has one of these these voices that just suits prog music. It's it's got you know Gabrielish kind of uh, tones to it. And so we started writing a song that became "Take Good Care" off the first Unitopia album. And uh, it took us nine years because we were only doing you know sporadic things. And and we released it um, uh, through Unicorn, uh, which is Michael. Michelle St. Pierre, St. Pierre's, um, uh, from, um, from mystery. mystery, his, his record label. And, uh, in 2006, and then we, uh, that, that was fairly well received. And the fact that a record company wanted to release it, we thought, well, maybe we're onto something here. So, 
then it only took us a couple of years to um, write and record and produce The Garden, which was extremely well received and released through Inside Out, uh, which was great being a, a, such a, um, a well-respected record company, especially for prop music. So um, that kind of set me on the path. And then we called it a day with uh, Unitopia 2014 and then I started Southern Empire and, and that kind of got, me more into the sort of heavier um style of prog which which appeals i think to a slightly younger uh, demographic which is where i wanted to to head um and um you know i guess address some of those uh um frustrations that that uh, i had with unitopia at the time so yeah um as, as still... far as stylistically yeah. As far as with, with Southern Empire, I mean, do you still get asked about the Civilization record? Because that has to be one of the most commonly asked about albums for us at the Prog Report. Whenever there's any lists or, you know, people will ask what are the top albums of the decade, of, of the 2000s, of this or new band you should check out, any of these kind of lists. I mean, it is without question always mentioned. And uh I think that's pretty amazing. I was wondering if you get that, if you've seen that from, from your view. Uh, I guess you see a certain amount on Facebook, uh, which is really gratifying, um, you know, as a, as a producer and writer um, of the album. Um, you know, I, it's, it's, it's hard to kind of be objective about your own work. So I, I see it as something that we did at the time that worked really, really well, and we're very proud of it. Um, and I'm not sure how well, um, you know, another world would be received. I guess time will tell. It's, it's, you know, we had no idea that civilization would be so well regarded, um, because it's just something we kind of put together and we did, um, you know, but in saying that I'm very proud of it and, and I think it's a strong, a strong album. You have the new album, though, uh, that I want to make sure we talk about, which is Another World, and comes out on September 4th. And you guys just put out the second single. Uh, first one was Reaching Out. Newest one is Hold On To Me, um, which uh, you, you have a new singer in the band, but he's not singing on the on the single. So uh, why don't you talk about the lineup of the band now and, uh, you know, getting the new singer in, Sean, and, and everything involved with the new record a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of people, uh, I guess they got tired of waiting um, because it took five years. And and I guess, you know, hearing at the, the beginning of the interview about all the things I've been working on, and that's a big reason uh, yeah. for it. Um, you know, um, Guy talking me into, you know, doing another Damanek album and Mark talking me into doing another Unitopia album and and then through Unitopia meeting John and, then working on his album it sort of took a lot longer than than you know uh we thought to to complete it and then we had it all done about oh, 12 months ago and and I'm, I'm sort of saying okay we need to do some you know start looking at doing some film clips and and you know um are you guys happy with everything and all that and then uh i didn't hear back from from danny you know for a little bit so he was obviously kind of uh weighing up his his decision um and so he rang me and he said look i wanted to do this in person but i thought before we went too far i'd, I'd give you a call and 
just uh he he basically said look i'm really not feeling it you know i'm not not feeling this new album and um even though his, he'd sung all the songs and his vocal performances were amazing as always um and and i think he was a bit uh concerned about um how uh because it i, I kind of think vocally this album kind of takes takes it to another level again and um uh, was worried a little bit uh, about how we could, you know, pull it off live and and him in particular. And and I think because it had taken so long, you know, it was sort of four years at that stage, he'd kind of lost a little bit of interest uh, for it. And also there were some, you know, new opportunities that were coming his way that he may have felt that, um, you know, Southern Empire might have encroached upon and not been, you know, uh, not been as easy um a path as he he would like with these these new endeavors so he decided to move on which was you know i wish him all the best he when we uh when we announced sean as our our new lead singer danny was one of the first to to give him a call and congratulate him and and kind of you know pass the the baton so to speak and and so you know, um, we left some of Danny's guitar work on there, which there was no reason to scrap, and we left some of Danny's backing vocals on there. Again, no reason to scrap them, and and you know maybe for the you know the twentieth anniversary uh, when I'm at the the ripe old age of eighty, we might we might release the 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 Danny Lepresto versions. You know, as a bit of a, a double album remastered or whatever. <laughs> um, why not? But um, yeah, but we'd recorded the whole album and it was all ready to go. And then we suddenly had to find a, a new lead singer. And so I thought, well, I'm not going to rush this. Um, but Sean's name had, had come up uh, because Cam had worked with Sean quite a bit before. And so I, I watched some clips of, of Sean um, and listened to his voice particularly, but also his writing Um and I really, really liked it. Uh, I really liked his vibe. I really liked his energy. Um, and so I gave him a call and said, would he be interested in auditioning? And um, he was going through a bit of a tough patch at that stage. You know, um, they were living, you know, he was living with his folks and they were saving for a house and things weren't looking good. And he basically had to go to work in a, in a, um, you know, just to make ends meet and to get a loan for the, you know, for a, for a house for his family. Um, you know, he'd had to work in a call center, you know, with, with no windows and a cubicle and all of that, which, you know, can be quite soul destroying for a, a free spirited musician. So, um, and so he was kind of in a, in, in a bit of a, I guess, a low place. And, and he's thinking, oh, I really don't want to have anything to do with music at the moment because it's just going to break my heart, I think, you know. And, and so he pulled back on that. And then this phone call comes in from from me and he didn't answer. And then I sent him a text and, and said, hey, you know, it's Sean here. I don't know you, but Cam's recommended you. Would you be interested in auditioning? And he basically said, well, send me some stuff and I'll have a listen. And, and so I did. And he was listening with his, his wife and she says, you have to do this. You have to do this. This is incredible. So he said, oh, okay. All right. Well, you know, far be it for me to disobey my wife. And, and so um, he said, yeah, okay. And he came in and he sang 
uh, face the dawn, which is a pretty tough scene. Um, and sang it pretty much straight to straight the way through, start to finish. And I thought, oh, here's me thinking it's going to be a nightmare re-recording all this stuff and take me ages. But if Sean sings it, <laughs> it's it's well, we're going to have I mean, it done in a day. It's a miracle day. to find another singer. <clears throat> even sometimes it's really hard to find <clears throat> a new vocalist, right? It's someone that absolutely, can that absolutely. Too. So. Yeah, but is yeah. that how Cam yeah. was and who's in, in um, yeah, "Hold On to Me"? Was that replacing uh, Danny's uh, vocal? No, no, no. We we only ever thought of that as Cam's song, and and I I couldn't imagine anyone else singing that song other than Cam. <clears throat> but uh, you know, and the way we approached it was uh, that there's a an Australian band called Cold Chisel, and I don't know if you've heard of them or not, but amazing, amazing Aussie rock band. And they have a lead singer, Jimmy Barnes, who is incredible. His range, his his tone, um, you know. But uh, they also have um, uh, Ian Moss on guitar, who's got um, a slightly softer tone, but incredible range and beautiful voice, amazing voice. And so what they would do is they would kind of trade songs. So mossy would um you know start up a song and then you know jimmy would come in and sing the higher harmony and it would go to stratospheric heights and so we thought let's approach that song in a similar way whereas you know cam sings the main lead of the song and then and then danny comes in and sings the the really high sort of jimmy barnes-ish type parts and so that was how we'd always envisage envisaged it and um yeah, and, and it worked really well. So uh, when Sean came to replace Danny's vocals, um, he did a similar sort of thing, but then, you know, took it to an even higher level. And, and um, you know, we just felt like um, Cam could, Cam's got such a great voice that he could convey that, that song <laughs> really better does. than anyone sounds, else. And he so, sounds awesome on it. Yeah, phenomenal. Uh, yeah. So that, that's We're on, very that's lucky to. Sorry, just to, to say yeah. that's out now on YouTube yeah. and uh, and you can pre-order the album now on, on a GEP uh, record label. Um, I want to, uh, before I let you go, also make sure we talk about the Unitopia album, Seven Chambers. Um, so what what's your level of involvement between that album or the Southern Empire album? Is it is it similar for you? Are you are you like main writing on both of these records? Um, I think probably John has been the main writer and the main instigator. You know, John and Mark's collaborations uh, were sort of five, I guess, predominantly five of the seven tracks were, were begun by John. Um, and then I'd have a listen and I'd go, that's great, but it needs a chorus, you know, so I'd write a, a catchy chorus. I I think I'm, I'm probably... You know, I, I think I'm reasonably good at knowing a, a good hook. I think it's all, all the days of, of jingle writing, you know, having having an earworm, having that that catchy um, lyric and melody. So I put whack some choruses in on, on some of these. And then Steve Unruh, our violinist slash flautist slash backing vocalist slash, you know, guitarist slash everything else, um, put forward a song uh, called The Uncertain, uh, which was about his health battles, and it clocked in at about 19 minutes. And and then I wrote a song um, called Helen about, um, I just wanted to kind of write another theme 
thematic type song about someone who, like we did with Artificial and Tesla, um, just somebody who was, I guess, a real trailblazer in the, the medical world, but not maybe well known. So I, we wrote about a lady called Helen B. Tausig, who, who basically, um, through her work with paediatric um, uh, heart disease and, and blue baby syndrome, um, and her uh, fields there saved, um, you know, tens of thousands of, of babies' lives who would have otherwise died. So um, a very interesting character. Her life story is very interesting. You could make a movie out of it. And I guess what I tried to do is, you know, create a mini audio movie of, of her life, uh, which I enjoy doing when I've got a, a really good subject matter, you know. So, mm. and that clocks in around about 19 minutes. And I, I wrote most of that itself. and then... <laughs> Oh yeah, I wrote most of that, and then John uh, put in the last sort of three minutes, um, you know, to that. So it was, I guess, a team effort um, between the four of us, um, you know. So there were contributions, even though the the start of an idea might might have been from from one of the guys that we all contributed. So Mark contributed sort of lyrics and melodies, and I contributed, you know, choruses and hooks and. Uh, and then John contributed a lot of those those original um, original ideas uh, that he'd had sort of swimming around in his musical brain pretty much forever. Um, and um, when you also have yeah, Chester Thompson uh, on drums I, on that album, as yeah, well. and Alfonso that. Johnson on bass. Yeah. yeah, 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 really great stuff. And there's some tour dates uh, as well uh, happening. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's all out there on Facebook and. Uh, actually, on parkreport.com, we have news on all these things, so you can check that out too. Um, man, it, it's fantastic to have such uh, great music from you coming out throughout this year. Uh, a lot of killer stuff. You're as busy as anybody I know. It's it's just awesome. Uh, and of course, uh, thank you for scheduling this. It, we, you know, you're in Australia. I'm in I'm in the U.S. And so the time difference is just insane. Uh, you're on a completely different day as we're. T- as we're talking yeah i'm uh, i'm is, what am i wednesday morning at 10 a.m and yeah. I, yes and i'm on <laughs> and i'm tuesday evening so it's uh it's wild yeah. uh but um listen good luck with uh, all the records all the tour dates everything you got going on i'm sure we'll talk to you again soon and uh yeah absolutely mate all right man yeah and look 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 for some new material as well as soon as i get back from tour i i, I want to get to writing um the next southern empire album with sean because uh he is such an amazing, not only an amazing vocalist, but an amazing writer, songwriter, and and um, uh, if you want to, um, if you want to get a bit of an idea as to how good he is, listen to some of his solo stuff uh, that goes by the name of Projected Twin. Uh, he's got at least three albums out, and it's all crackerjack stuff. So yeah, really, really good. Can't rate it highly enough. Very cool. We'll check that out. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Talk to you soon. no worries buddy all right mate thanks to sean for the interview we're going to close with a little bit of the new southern empire single hold on to me that album another world comes out on september 4th and the new unitopia album seven chamber comes out on august 25th so look out for both of those and don't forget to follow us on progport.com on all our socials wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe to our youtube channel see you soon thanks you can hold on to me when you're feeling weak 